Our scripture text is from 2 Peter, chapter 3. So this is a, I'll, I'll explain to you why I'm doing this in a moment after we read the text of scripture. So 2 Peter, chapter 3, I'll begin with verse 1, but I'll finish with verse 10. We'll be focusing on verses 8 through 10. Hear now the word of the Lord. This is now the second letter that I am writing to you, beloved. In both of them, I am stirring you up, stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles. Knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing following their own sinful desires. They will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. For they deliberately overlooked this fact that the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God. And that by means of these, the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word, the heavens and earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved. The earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since the reading of God's word, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God abides forever. Let us pray. O Lord, we pray that the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth will be pleasing in your sight. We look to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So, we are doing a series on Ephesians, and then the first Sunday of the month in the evening, we're doing a series on the sacraments. So, why am I doing this text? Well... I found out I was preaching on Friday, and in God's good providence, I had been thinking about this text, 2 Peter 3, 8 through 10, uh, and thinking, I should preach on that someday. (laughs) And so I took it as God's providence that this was my opportunity to preach on this text, so Forgive me if I haven't had enough time to gestate on this passage, but it is one that I'm eager to reflect upon with you, uh, and that is uh, this this business of the day of the Lord is a thousand years and just a day. Because really, it started with a joke uh, when I was teaching the Book of Revelation uh, in a another part of the world. Um, I would often go in and tell the students, you know, you, you think Revelation is about 
something that will never happen uh, and that the Lord is just waiting forever and it's been thousands of years since the Lord ascended. And I said, but it's really only been two days because uh, to the Lord, a thousand years is like a day. So it's really only been two days. And that was my, uh, you know, humorous attempt at, uh, you know, look, having a little different perspective. I, but I have to tell you that, you know, it's humorous and cute and all that. But then I got to thinking, it really is. <laughs> it really is like two days to him. That's what Peter's telling us. It really hasn't been that long to him. And this text is worth our taking seriously. And this is what I determined to do, is to take this text seriously. Um, because we read in Scripture, for example, in the book of Revelation, this is what I was teaching, in Revelation 1-3, we read, the time is near. And you're reading that and thinking, well, if that's in John's day, the time is near, it seems like it's actually pretty far away because it's been 2,000 years already. Or, at the end of Revelation, three times, three times in Revelation 22, the Lord says, Behold, I am coming quickly. What does quickly mean to the Lord? Maybe on day three. That's what it means. It Maybe on day four. Maybe he's going to wait a week. It's relatively quickly when you take his perspective. Now, I think we really need this message. I think I need this message. You know, we sometimes live our lives as if the Lord has forgotten us, he's gone away, the Lord Jesus ascended into heaven, and here we are leading our lives on earth, and it just keeps going on and on and on. We see the wickedness around us, we get impatient, and we think maybe he's just ignoring us. And then we become practical deists. A deist, children, is somebody who believes that the world was created by God like one would create a clock. He wound it up and then he went away. And it's just going on its own and God is absent from the world. This is a deist view of life. And you know, brothers and sisters, one of the things we're really good at is we look here. <laughs> you know, day by day, this is how we... This is how we live, live our lives. Uh, we live our lives in the mud. We look ahead of us and we say, oh boy, there's a, there's a blackberry bush there. I better go around that. And I don't see, we never look up. We never see life from a different perspective, it seems, when we're troubled and we we're, we're, have our eyes and minds fixed on the things of this world. It just happens so easily and readily to us. Now, maybe that doesn't happen to you. God be praised. But I tell you, there are times when I still struggle with this, and I confess to you, I need this text uh, to remind me of God's perspective on things. And I think we have to, to change our perspective. Now, when Peter opens in verse 8, so we're looking at verses 8 through 10, he says, but do not overlook this one fact. 
It's interesting he opens that way. He says, this, just this one thing. Consider just this one thing. So he wants us to consider one thing. It's almost like, you know, this is the one thing we really need sometimes. Here's the one pill I'm going to give you that will help you now. And it helps our perspective to just think of this one thing. And then he unfolds it with several, three things really that you can identify that we're going to talk about this evening. God's patience, the Lord's coming, and then the Lord's perspective, which we should have as well. The Lord's patience, his arrival, his coming, and then his perspective. So let's look at his patience. Remember what the Lord did when Moses pestered God to show him his face. Show me your face, O God. And God said, I can't show you my face. You would die. Uh, it, it would not be good for you. But I tell you what I will do. Remember, he, he hid Moses in a cleft of the rock. This is a little cavity in the rock. Uh, and then he showed him his back. But then the Lord proclaimed his name to Moses. And the name of God is who he is. And here's what he says. The Lord passed before Moses and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, God a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. This is who I am. The Lord, merciful and gracious, slow to anger. This is how God appears to Moses and how he wants to be remembered. This is his name to us. The slow to anger one. The abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness one. This is our God. That's Exodus 34, 6. And then you read that God is love. And if you read elsewhere in 1 Corinthians 13, you read, love is patient and kind. And if God is love, then God is patient and kind. He's the definition of love. And so you read in 1 Corinthians 13, that famous love passage. God, and it starts with love is patient and kind. And that's, that's the way God is. Habakkuk 2, verse 3. For still the vision awaits the appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. You see, it's waiting because God is patient and kind. This is why the, the vision may await in its appointed fulfillment. You wait for it, though. If it seems slow, you wait for it. It will surely come. The Lord's coming is certain and sure. He will surely come for us. He will surely not delay uh, in the end of the day. God is patient. But even more than that, God is patient even with those who need to repent. And that's what Peter tells us. Notice what he says. Don't overlook this fact. The Lord, one day like a thousand and a thousand, I beg your pardon, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but he's patient toward you, 
not wishing that any should perish. This is the nature of God's kindness. He's patient so that people will repent. This is what he says in Ezekiel 33, verse 11. Say to them, as I live, declares the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways. For why will you die, O house of Israel? This is why we're praying for our loved ones. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways. Because the Lord is takes no pleasure in the death of wicked of the wicked. This is why you can call on him for your loved ones. The Lord takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Remind him of that when you're praying for your friends. Tell him that. Because this is this is who he is. And he has revealed himself in this way. He's slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. The Lord's kindness is to lead to repentance. That's Romans 2. But the Lord is coming. That's what we're waiting for. That's what Peter's talking about here. Verse 10, the day of the Lord is coming like a thief. That day is coming. Like a thief, it's a day you won't know. This is what Jesus tells us elsewhere. You won't know the time. Thieves don't call and say, by the way, I'll be there at 10. They don't do that. Because with some of you, not a good idea. With our dog Jasper, yeah, come on in, take what you want. (laughs) But thieves don't do that. And the Lord is coming like a thief. He's coming at a time when no one knows. He has kept it secret from us on purpose that we would wait for him. We would wait patiently for him. And we would look to him and not our, clo- not our watches, not our clocks, not our phones. That we would wait upon the Lord in this time before he comes. This is, this is the... T- true reason why he's going to come like a thief. But when he comes, brothers and sisters, he's not coming with water, but with fire. That's what, Paul, that's what Peter says twice in verse 7. The heavens and the earth that now exist are stored up for fire. They are being stored up for fire. This is sure and certain. The, the word of the Lord has declared this. This earth is stored up for fire. And then even the heavenly bodies will pass away with a roar and the heavenly bodies will be burned up. You see, the reason why we should have the Lord's perspective because the coming of the Lord is final. There's no going back. He's not coming like when our Lord Jesus came the first time. He's coming with fire to destroy this creation and rebuild it for his people. But everyone outside of his people, people who don't know the Lord, are going to be burned up and cast into a lake of fire. This is, this is why the Lord is patient. Isaiah 34, 4. All the host of heaven shall rot away, and the skies will roll up like a scroll. All their host shall fail, shall fall as leaves fall from the vine, like leaves falling from the fig tree. 
This is what it's going to be like. It's going to be a blast of fire upon those who do not know the Lord. For us who wait for Him, it is a blessed time, and we will be caught up to to be with the Lord in the air, whether we have already died or whether we're alive when He comes. We will all meet the Lord in the air. But those outside, there is no more hope after that. This is why the Lord is patient, not desiring anybody to perish, but giving them time for repentance. So, brothers and sisters, as we live our lives on this earth, we should have the long view like God does. He has a long view of things, and He has a plan of things. He's not forgotten us, and He's not forgotten His coming and His promise. He's not slow to answer His promise. It's only been two days to Him. This is His perspective. Because there are many people in this area and much cattle. People who don't know their left hand from their right hand and much cattle like Nineveh. That's that's how the Lord regards this area. People who... They just don't know any better. They should know better. In their heart of hearts, they know better. But he's patient with them. His view is, I will wait. I will wait because I have many people in this city. And until they come, I will not bring the fire. You know, brothers and sisters, you know why he's bringing fire when he comes? The Lord is a consuming fire. This is how he describes himself in the book of Hebrews. For the Lord is himself a consuming fire when he comes in wrath. Until then, he's patient. From everlasting to everlasting, he has this perspective of patience, waiting, and not rushing his plan until everything is fulfilled that he has planned for good. Because our Lord is most good. And he's kind and loving even to those who hate him. Before the mountains were brought forth or ever you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You return man to dust and say, Return, O children of man, for a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. Psalm 90. A thousand years are like a watch in the night. Four hours. It's like yesterday when it's passed over. You know, brothers and sisters, we need the long view because we're going to have a long view. Where do you, what do you think is going to be our discussion when we meet in heaven together? What do you think we're going to talk about? Oh yeah, boy, I sure had poison oak for a long time. <laughs> And by the way, I'm, I'm very sympathetic. I'm allergic. I've had it really bad. Uh, I won't tell you how bad, really bad. I'm not going to talk about that. That won't be on my mind. The former things won't be on our mind. The troubles we've had. And you know what Revelation 21 says? God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. He's compassionate and kind to us, His children. He's even compassionate to those outside. He's waiting. He's waiting for good reason. He has His reasons. And He has His plan. And He will bring it to pass. But the Lord 
is compassionate on those who don't know him. And so it hasn't been that long. He's, he's happy to wait some more. Now, he's not slow, but he is coming. The Lord is wise and kind and he will come. But then there's this day and it will come. So just because we have to take the long view doesn't mean we can't long for the good day to come. This is, this is the good day, the day we long for. Let me read to you from Isaiah 64, verses 1 through 2. This is that longing that the people of God fills our heart. And here is expressed by the people of God in Isaiah 64, 1 through 2. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains might quake at your presence as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries and that the nations might tremble at your presence. We can have that longing that the Lord would come down. He would roll up the heavens like a scroll and He will come down to redeem us from all of our troubles. We can long for that day, but until then, we have the long view. And we live our lives not looking in the mud, but looking to the Lord, knowing that He knows what He's doing and He is compassionate and kind, and so should we be. That's what Peter goes on to tell us in this chapter, actually. He says, what sort of people should you be? How should you live your lives? Live your life with that long view, knowing that the Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise. He's patient and kind, but He's not slow. And when He comes, it will be such a day, such a day that is coming. Let us pray. Almighty God, our Lord and Father, we long that you would come down. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, O oh Lord, and that you would burn up this creation with fire and purify it. And we all would be purified so that when we meet you, we would have nothing but smiles on our face and joy. We would see our Savior riding on that white horse and we would clap and sing and shout for joy with exaltation we've never known in this life, and that day is coming. But until then, O oh Lord, give us a long view that you have. Grant, O oh Lord, that we would be patient as you are, and kind as you are, and express love to our neighbors as you do, because we would be like you, O oh Lord, our great God. You are magnificent. You are majestic in holiness and full of love and compassion, slow to anger and abounding in compassion for those even who hate you, as our Lord Jesus Christ so clearly showed us when he proclaimed on the cross, Father, do not hold this against them. They don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. So also, Lord, we do pray, as we've been taught to pray, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Amen.